This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. and welcome back to 19 Cats and Counting. I think we're at 20 now. I don't know. My counting's getting rough. but It's you know. 20. Okay, it's 20. So this is Linda Hall, your co-host. I'm here with our host and our favorite multi-cat expert, Rita Reimers. And today we have Beth Pasek on. I have so many questions for her. She's written a book. I'm very excited about that. She's also in Ohio like me. She's got a pet sitting company. She's out in the snow. I have so many questions. So we're going to pause for a break from one of our amazing sponsors, and we will be right back. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hey, welcome back. We're at 19 Cats and Counting. Do we have our host with us, Rita? I am here with 20 cats. Yes, you got it right. I adopted two seniors this week. The Lancaster shelter reached out to me and said, you know, these two are not doing well in the shelter situation. They're large cats. They're not fat. They're large, you know, long, yes. big bone. I, I think there's a little Maine Coon in them. They look identical, but one is older than the other. I suspect Scooter might be Missy's father. They're definitely uh-huh. not from the same litter, but I'm told they're related. I don't know much more about them, but they were in the same cage together at the shelter and not doing well. So they reached out to me because they knew I had two openings in my sanctuary that I wasn't planning to fill, but they needed me. Those are the ones that, you know, those seniors were not going to get adopted by someone, especially since they needed to go together. So they're here. They're they're starting to blend in with the family a little bit. Missy actually came downstairs last night and just sat nearby and watched everyone and, um, Simon and Simba have been upstairs visiting them, so she doesn't hiss at them anymore. But, you know, I have 18 other cats besides those two, so it's a little a little overwhelming for them. Yeah, I'm overwhelmed at 11, honey. I don't know. But, you know, Beth wrote a book called Understanding Cat Behavior, and she talks uh, about know. introducing cats and multi-cats. She so. does. I read it. It's an awesome book. You, Welcome I, to the show, Beth. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. 
I'm Beth Pasek, and I own and operate Finicky Cat Sitting and Behavior based out of Berea, Ohio, a little suburb of Cleveland. And Understanding Cat Behavior, Compassionate Guide to Training and Communication is my first book. I uh, know. So. I love it. I, I read your book. You asked me to give it a pre-read, yes. which I was honored to do. And you really did a great job at explaining cat behavior from a layman's perspective so that, you know, the average pet owner could understand what you were talking about. Well, that was one of the things that we really wanted to focus on was to bring it out to the general public. There's a feeling that a lot of the cat behavior books sometimes talk a little too high. Right. So we like to bring, you know, we wanted to bring that down to where somebody could sit down with a cup of coffee and open up the book and say, hey, this is the problem I'm having. Open up the book. Okay, this is generally what's going on. And then they can go from there and know how to figure out how to fix it. Oh my gosh. While we're talking, Missy just walked in here and gave me a meow. One of the new babies. And as Beth knows, because she knows cat behavior, meow is a sacred word reserved just for the humans. That's right. That's right. The cats the cats only meow at us. (laughs) It's not it's not cat language between each other. And understanding cats has uh, working with Rita has been fascinating. And you know, I was raised in a dog household, but my mother was allergic to cats. So, you know, dogs are so in your face, like they'll shove their bowl at you if they want to eat, they'll dance if they have to pee, they'll, you know, jump on you for affection. I mean, dogs, I think, have constant like thought bubbles over their heads that is just Thank like you. <laughs> yes, like I hurt, <laughs> I love you. Throw the ball, food. You know, these are basically their repertoire. Cats are so much more complicated, and I think a lot of people think that cats are independent and aloof and don't really react with their people, and I have learned that there are just a million other ways that they show you what's going on. So it's so cool to see these books come out that help people connect because you can all of a sudden have this back and forth relationship with your babies and really communicate with them and that that is so exciting to me well and that that was you know linda we have a lot of the same background then because i came from a household with with dogs as well i was unable to have cats growing up me too (laughs) but in my case i had a wonderful neighbor three doors away that was a crazy cat lady i love it Rita, she probably had you beat for the number of cats. Really? <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I would enough. I wouldn't want to go any higher. <laughs> and I would go down every afternoon in the summertime and help her with the cats and play with the cats and feed the kittens and, and do all of that stuff. And then I'd come home and have to change clothes because my brothers were so highly allergic to cats yeah. that even just coming in with the cat hair on my clothes could send one of them into an asthma attack. Sure. So, you know, there, you know, I, I grew up really around cats, but it was years before I ever even had the opportunity to own my own precious fur baby. Now, when I got married, the one stipulation, I'm divorced no longer, but the one stipulation was we had to get a cat. And we did. Yep. When I got married, which I'm now divorced as well, but when I got married, I want, yeah, we were going to, we were going to get a cat and lo and behold, my husband was allergic to cats. Oh, no. So, so the very first thing I did when I got divorced was I went out and I got 
Ty Lee. Oh. And Ty Lee is the little kitty I mentioned in the introduction of the book that I got her as a tiny kitten. And within several years, she turned into a cat from H-E double. Oh, <laughs> yep. Yeah, sometimes and they do that, don't they? Yeah. They do that every once in a while. And, <laughs> you know, of course, that was years ago for me. And at that time, there were no cat behavior people no. around. No. We didn't exist. And you talk to your vet. And the vet, my vet at the time said, well, if that's what she's doing, then bop her in the nose. Oh. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Which we know, all know these days is like the exact wrong thing, right? Yes. You. So you know, it took some time with you know. I had to take some time with her and figure her out. Mm-hmm. And you know, it took really sitting down because at that point, even though I thought I knew cats because I had spent so much time around them as a child, obviously I didn't know all I needed to know. So it and, was, and we it, never do, Beth. We never know everything. We never know it all. And for me, it was sitting down and, you know, I pulled, you know, I'm like, okay, there's all these dog training books out about clicker training a dog, you know, and it was like, everybody says, well, Karen Pryor, Karen Pryor, Karen Pryor. Well, you know, even at that time, you know, they did not have their cat program. So, you know, but what I did was get, got one of her earliest works Uh in which she talks about how to observe animal behavior right which many of the training books don't really teach people they teach people how to train you have to know how to observe the behavior right first so it's more it's more about learning how to get your cat to compromise with you and and you with them and, and how to teach them acceptable behaviors more so than training them don't you think i think so i really do and i think it is also really a part of going back to what Linda said. So many people go into owning a cat or getting a cat and thinking they're going to treat it like you would treat a dog. Right. Uh-huh. And not understanding, no, these are two different species. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they couldn't <laughs> be more different. different. And it's really, to quote Chandler Bing, they couldn't be more different, right? Yes. Right. You really have to take that step back from all the, in your, you know, the dog always being in your face and the dog doing, you know, that little dog bubble going on. Well, those little kitty wheels turn real good too, especially when they're not happy about something. Yes. You know, they will do what they're going to do. It's like, okay, I'm I'm having pain in the litter box. I'm going to go someplace else to do my business. See if that doesn't hurt. So, you know, the the kitties really um, are different than dogs. And, you know, that was, you know, for the general public, that was the purpose behind the book was to really give them a chance to open up a, an authoritative guide, because it really is just a guide, to understanding, okay, oh, no, cats learn differently than dogs. Cats, they retain information for up to 16 hours, so that if you're using negative punishment with them, they're going to retain that negative punishment sure. longer. and you're going to develop a fear-based reaction from them rather than them learning an alternate choice. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll never forget one of my first behavior clients was a couple. And uh, long story short, it turns out the guy had been hitting the cat when it would bite him. So you know what that caused? It caused the cat to be scared of him and bite him even more. Correct. Because he now saw that person as a threat. Yeah, yeah. Safety, his own yes. safety. And that's where, you know, 
understanding that the cat is both a predator and prey, so they do react that way. Yeah, people yes. are surprised to hear that, you know, that cats are, are prey, and then they are out in the wild. That's why they're so cautious, because they don't want to be someone else's dinner. Yes. Exactly. One of my one of my favorite things that happened to me when I when I was able to unlock a cat behavior, my parents go to Florida for the winter, the snowbirds, and uh, cuz you know, Ohio, Beth feels me. Beth feels me, Ohio. Mm -hmm. and, hey, hey, I I'm up here in Cleveland where we had 2 feet of wet snow. Uh, no, I grew up in Buffalo, New York. I do not miss that. Oh, uh, I'm in Northwest Ohio. I'm closer to the Michigan line. I'm about an hour from Toledo. So we don't get it quite as bad, but it's enough. Yeah, it's quite enough. But uh, so my mother calls me and she said, your father's about had it. All of a sudden the cat's peeing on the bed. And they've had this cat for years. You know, she's like, and they're staying in a, in a mobile home. They've got this community in Florida that they go to. So, you know, they don't have a washer and dryer and extra sheets. And, you know, this is really a problem. So I, you know, run through my Rita knowledge and I said, you know, has the cat been to the doctor? <laughs> UTI, blah, blah, blah. And then I said, have you changed litters? Oh yeah. We just changed the litter to something that was easier to carry. Well, when they adopted this cat, he was uh, declawed already, which, you know, causes, so I said, some cats don't like some litters. They don't like the sense. They don't like whatever. And especially cats that have been declawed are going to have really sensitive paws. Yep. Try going back yep. to your litter, solve the problem. So can you imagine if they had bopped the cat in the nose? I mean, what would that have solved, right? The cat I know, not, right? Yeah, and I'm not going to go. You know, they rubbed the dog's nose and what they did. You know, if they try yeah. to do that with a cat, good luck having your hand after that. Right? Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. I mean, I'm not going to go walk out on, you know, rocks or something. It hurts. So exactly. Back the cat for not wanting to do the same thing. You know, and. And I think the cat chose their bed to say, hey, mom, dad, I've got a problem here. Look at me. Look at me, you know. Yeah. And then, and that's just it, is that, that so many times people jump to the cat is misbehaving. Yes. When the cat is actually trying to tell you something's wrong. Yes. Yeah. And so in, in, in my book, I actually, you know, preface that before we go do behavior anything, I want to know when's the last time you were to the vet? And if it was six months ago, well, you're going to the vet again. Right. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Because all the behavioral we health fix, in the world won't fix a yes. organic yes. issue. Yeah, we can't, if there's a medical issue, we cannot fix the behavior problem. Yes. We have yes. to fix, the medical issue has to be addressed first. Yes. And, 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 and most uh, of what they're doing is just trying to communicate with you, right? They're just trying to right. say, hey, mom, dad, there's a problem. I mean, that's what, what Jazzy was doing to my parents. And yeah, bopping him in the nose really would not have solved a thing. <laughs> yeah. And you really have to learn to read their subtle behaviors. Because like Beth owning a cat sitting company like, like we used to, you get exposed to these kitties for such a short period. And you really have to be astute at watching their behavior, watching their ear and tail position, how they... You know, is there anything in the box the next day? Did they eat their food? Are they eliminating? You don't see anything in the box. Did they go somewhere else? You have to look around and, and be observant and try to figure out what's going on with these cats that you don't live with. Well, there's that. And with my pet sitting company, with the cat sitting end of the company, we really put a strong emphasis on we're with your cat 30 minutes or, or longer. Uh-huh. We don't do a cat call visit. We don't do food. We, we didn't either. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you. People wanted those 10, 15 minute visits and we just wouldn't do them. Nope. I remember getting a phone call from one of my sitters. She was with a new client. She had met this cat at the meet and greet. Cat just 
doesn't want me to touch his behind, which some cats just don't touch my butt. But she mm-hmm. said, I don't know. And I said, All right, well, keep an eye. Use your judgment. You know, she's been with us a long time. She called back and she said, I don't know what to say, Linda. I can't put my finger on it. I can't tell you what it is, but there's something wrong. And I said, then call the vet. Well, it turned out that this cat had had a problem with constipation issues and he was so backed up. If she had waited another day, he would have gone toxic and probably passed. Uh-huh. Wow. So again, was that, you know, was that Margo? Was that Margo? It was Melanie. Melanie, wow. Melanie, I think, I think, I won't swear to it. It's the, the it's all a jumble in my brain, but I remember the instances and <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so many times, you know, people want us to skip a visit and I would say, you know, mm-hmm. how many times have we caught a urinary tract infection? That cat, again, going back to what you said, being predator and prey is not going to just whine and look curl up in a ball like a dog because he's afraid that a predator is going to get him. So he's going to hold off until the last minute to let you know that he's hurting. And then you got to move fast. And if you're not coming for another 48 hours, you're going to have a real problem here. Yeah. Well, I used to hate yes. the people that would lie and say they were coming home that yes. day. And then you come oh. home till the next day. Yeah. Yeah. They want, yeah, they, they cheat you out of a, what, a, a $20 visit? Come on. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not uh-huh. just not worth it. That's where, even on our website, we talk about, yeah, we're, we're pet first aid trained for cats, but what we do and how we understand cats really goes further than basic first aid. It does. Yeah, when we're sitting there and we've got a cat in a, in a meatloaf position and, you know, the facial grimace scale stuff going on and those whiskers are down and those mm-hmm. ears are kind of low, I'm like, this cat is not happy. This cat is uncomfortable and in pain. Mm-hmm. And that's where we go over and we'll, let's do a whole cat assessment. Do we, are you just being depressed or are you actually having a physical problem that we need to get you to the vet right and and that's where i think you know a lot of times even with regular pet owners they don't know those real subtle signs Uh and get you know that's you know when we're training the cat sitters we really get into okay yeah you need to know the bottle brush tail and you need to know the the question mark tail and yeah you need to know the airplane ears right but you know we really get into a little bit deeper with are the pupils dilated what is whisker position Mm -hmm. you know what is the whole body position has the cat gotten up and moved since yesterday yeah yeah so yeah yeah you're talking with clients about their cat's behavior that's where if the general public can have a little better understanding of what is normal for the cat and what is abnormal and what should I be looking for. And that's and, so important. We didn't take and, and hopefully so that's hard. what you know, hopefully that's what's covered right. in the book is yes. very plain language. This is what we mean when we say meatloaf. <laughs> yes. And if the cat is in, if the cat is meatloafing, that's not always good. <laughs> sure. We need to take a quick little pause for our next sponsor. We'll be right back to pick up on this conversation about normal versus abnormal cat behavior. We'll be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. 
It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to 19 Cats and Counting. I'm here with Linda Hall and the awesome Beth Pasek. Her new book, Understanding Cat Behavior, A Compassionate Guide to Training and Communication. It's a wonderful book. If you have a cat, if you're thinking of getting a cat, this book should be required reading. So we're talking about the meatloaf position and what exactly that means. Tell us more about that. Well, the meatloaf position really is where that cat pulls all their four paws up underneath their body and that head drops down and those whiskers drop down. That's usually an indication that the cat is not feeling all that great. And that's when, you know, some cats do sleep like that. (laughs) But generally speaking, if your cat is in that meatloaf position, there's usually something subtle going on. Yeah. And and you really want to start paying attention. What is the litter box issue? Are there are the litter box clumps smaller than usual? Is there, you know, because you know, that urinary pain mm-hmm. can cause them to meatloaf. Are they a little dehydrated? Have they been mm-hmm. vomiting or have diarrhea to go along with that meatloaf position? Right. And if that's the case, then your cat needs to get to the veterinary. Yeah. What is the hesitation with people in not wanting to take their cats to the vet? I don't understand. I'll see people out on Facebook asking, such and such is wrong with my cat. What do I do? Go to the vet. Go to the vet. Go to the vet. I Well, and that was, I, and I have to laugh because one of the reviews out on Amazon, you know, literally sort of complains because I mention almost every section, go to the vet. It's important. <laughs> go to the vet. <laughs> I don't get any referral credits for saying, telling you to yes. go to the vet. <laughs> yes. I once had a client call me, but no lie, because the cat was dying and wanted me to, wanted to know what to do. Go to the vet. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times people don't want to take their cats to the vet because it stresses their cats out. True. Yes. They have, you know, their cats have not been trained to be cat carrier trained. You know, they're afraid to get in the, the cat carrier. They bring out the cat carrier. The cat hides under the bed. Right. You know, so there is a lot of, I think that's where a lot of the hesitancy comes. Is, that's is true. The, they know their cat is afraid. The owner themselves gets upset about having to go to the vet with the cat. Mm-hmm. So there are, you know, that I think that's where the hesitancy comes in. I leave carriers out all the time. I let my cats play in them. So they're not that scared of them. Exactly. Exactly. That, that, that you know, when we tell people, you know, Try and make the cat carrier piece of furniture. Place their cat toys mm-hmm. in there. Right. So the cat carrier is just another type of kitty den that your cat likes to sleep in. Yeah, they'll go in there and sleep for sure. Yes. Rita, that is where you see so much hesitancy is getting the cat to go in the carrier is this big traumatic event for everybody. 
It is, but it doesn't have to be. <laughs> well, and but it, it always stands to reason, even if the cat is used to being the carrier, and I do have a carrier out all the time, that the cat will lay in the cat bed, use it for cat bed. And then, you know, I've got an appointment at the vet at 10 a.m. and that cat's nowhere to be found. That is <laughs> yeah, they've got that intuition. They know. Yeah, the dog, you that. hit your leg and yell, here, Fido. And the dog's like, you know, I'm here. What do you want? And the cat's like, on you. <laughs> I even, I have a home vet come sometimes too, and the cat that needs to see the home vet, that'll be the one I can't find. Right. Wow. Yeah. No idea how they know that. They do. (laughs) That's above my pay grade. (laughs) Yeah. That is, they are so smart. Uh, and, And vets can be expensive. And honestly, again, being dogs and cats, the dog's going to whine and you just can only ignore that for so long. It's like your kid, but mom, 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 you know, shut up fine. So, you know, that dog's going to whine and you can't ignore it. The cat's going to be really quiet and subtle. So you're going to kind of downplay it and God, I'm a little concerned about this, but you know, well, and, sometimes yeah. when you get them in the car, then they're not so quiet. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. You're doing the car ride. And the car ride is full of nothing but meow, 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 meow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and on the way home, or maybe it's just my cats, but they're usually quieter on the way home. Like, okay, fine. I got it out yeah, of the way. They know they're going home. Yeah. I moved cross country with 17 cats, four days in a, in a, a Toyota RAV4. If I can do that, you can take your cats to the vet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. But you know why the vet visit's so expensive usually? Because the cat hasn't been to the vet in so long. The vet has to do all the preliminary tests because he's got no baseline to go by. So he's got to do the full gambit of blood work just to get an idea. Are the numbers anywhere in range where they should be? So that is why like, if you have regular visits with your vet, your vet probably won't have to do as extensive testing to know, you know, what is normal and not normal for this cat. True. We struggle with cat teeth around here. I have an FIV positive cat right. that He's down to, I think he's got four left. I'm not sure, but it's always the first to go. But, you know, when people don't pay attention to, you know, again, the dog's in your face. I smell your breath. The cat's not so much. (laughs) So you don't know. And, you know, if you had taken them for a regular cleaning, it would have been a lot cheaper than those 20 extractions you're about to deal with. Well, with FIV, you can't help it. Well, yes. With FIV, it's just a thing. Yeah, it is what it is. And we love Kismet. And yeah, I, he's he is, yeah, toothless as he is. Sometimes his little lip catches just right and he looks like Elvis. So it's kind of <laughs> cute. But yeah. <laughs> but What do you yeah. think is the most challenging cat behavior, Beth? Honestly, I think one of the most challenging cat behaviors out there is the cats that have the outright aggression. Mm-hmm. Usually are, there's a call. Usually there's either a medical or something in the environment causing that outburst, right? Generally speaking, that is correct. I had a client earlier this year. They had just adopted the cat from the shelter, and older cat brought him home. Uh, cat was doing fine for the first three weeks. They had company come, neighbor come over, and the cat literally attacked this person at the door. Wow. So they gave me a call and, and I said, okay, yeah, I'll take the case because Lord knows I had Ty Lee. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So yeah, I'll take the case and went over, met them outside on the driveway. The Mr. and Mrs. walked in. I walked in the door and that cat literally, I had four bites on my leg. 
Oh. Wow. And the door basically had not even closed yet. Oh. So yeah, we had a I few of those. Yeah, what, what I, I told them, I says, what we have since the attack is so fast, was so fast mm-hmm. at the door. I says, at some point in this poor cat's life, he either got stuck in a door, you know, pinched oh, yes. in, in a door, mm-hmm. or he w- he's a door dasher and somebody kicked him. Oh, yes. yeah, possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he was literally fear, anxiety, stress level four. Uh-huh. Of, you know, when he did this, right. full pylo erection. I mean, it, mm-hmm. he it, he was like going to kill me. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I got my big tote bag in between. Uh-huh. <laughs> Love those tote bags; they save lots. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they had to. We had to get they, the the owners got you know the laundry hamper and put it over him and shuttle him out of the room. Oh. Um. But that, you know, that was, we literally started working with him on the second floor bed, in the second floor bedroom. Yeah, smart. Started working with him up there. We worked him. We walk in, leave food and treat and walk out. Walk in, leave food and treat and walk out. (laughs) Literally. That graduated to, okay, we're going to walk in, leave nothing. We're going to walk out and leave a treat outside the door and let him come out to get it. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that he starts to associate that in and out of a doorway is not a bad thing. Yeah. We ended up doing a baby gate at the top of the stairs and had somebody, you know, in the family practice in and out the exterior doors of the house. Mm-hmm. And our goal was to have Wesley go back into the bedroom. We wanted him to know he had a choice. But he didn't have to attack what was coming through the door. Uh-huh. He had the opportunity that he could go high. He could make a different choice. Mm-hmm. And it got to, they finally got him to a point. We did have to get a vet behaviorist involved, involved for some medication for him. Sure. But we finally got him to a point where people can walk in the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Wesley decides to go upstairs to his bedroom. Nice. <laughs> And I'm so like, glad those people were willing to work on this. That's great. Yes. It was quite harrowing, actually, because I you know, it. it was like this was going to be the the son's cat. The son is a college student, uh-huh. and I'm like, and I'm like looking at, at at this young gentleman, and I'm like, you're not taking this cat to an apartment building. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, that I, would not work out. Very that's well. not going to work. Mm-mm. And you're a college student. You're going to have your friends over, your girlfriend over. And if he's going to, you know, attack whoever's coming in those doors, that's not safe. No. And he, he has didn't... nowhere to retreat in an environment like that. Yes. Right. Right. So we had to teach, literally teach this poor little cat that oh. you don't have to kill everything. <laughs> the door. <laughs> I mean, we, laugh, we laugh about it, but, you know, I, you know, I had bruises on my legs oh. like weeks from him. I believe that and I had worn blue I had worn blue jeans and he was right people wonder why we charge for these sessions. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Danger, danger. Did the cat attack his people when they came in the door or was it just visitors? Initially it started out being just visitors, but it started to escalate whenever they came through the door as well. So in that interim between the first incident and then when I got involved, it had escalated. Uh-huh. So that, you know, usually when you're working with people in the behavior, cat behavior realm, it's almost like they're at their wit's end yes. when they're dealing with their cat and they had let the problem linger for a while. Sure. Before they call you. 
and that, that's very true. Sometimes people linger for years. I get people who are like, oh, these cats have all lived in separate rooms for like two years. Thank you very much. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. And, it, you know, and that's where, you know, I run on a graduated scale. And, and, you know, oftentimes, you know, people will want to book the great big cat consultation. And I'm like, let's start with the little 45 minute phone call first. Baby steps. Let's do some baby steps first. And most of the time, at least from my experience, those baby steps, you know, giving the owner a little more insight into why their cat is doing what it's doing helps the owner figure out themselves how to fix it. Oh, sure. Because if you tell them all these changes to make, it can be overwhelming for the human as well as the cat. Exactly. Exactly. So we start, you know, we start out with, with, the little 45 minute call. And if we have to escalate then to the big cat consultation, well, part of that little deposit you made for the 45 minute call applies then to the big consultation. Awesome. So, you know, that's the way I, I handle it. So yeah, how, can people, how can people reach you, Beth, to schedule a consultation with you? Do you have a website handy? They can find my website, finicky.us. So it's www.finicky.us. U.S. Okay, great. I will make sure. I always write a blog to go with um, our shows. So I'll make sure I put that in the blog and also in the description. You're in Ohio. You're not all that far from Linda. I hope one day when we can all travel again, it would be awesome. Yes, please. It would be. be. Yes. Um, And if someone's listening from the Cleveland area, they need to be aware of finicky cat sitting because, yeah, you just don't know. And especially having a specialist, you know, not, I mean, there are a lot of people that do cats and dogs. That's great. But having a specialist in one area, you know, I've often said, if I have cancer, I'm not going to go to my GP as much as I adore my GP. I want an oncologist. And so, you know, knowing somebody that's going to understand your cats and be able to pick that up. Oh, sure. And, we're- and- really do the work. We heard it all the time with Just for Cats Pet Sitting that the reason they came to us is that we knew cats. We were dealing with just cats and we weren't going to come in smelling like a bunch of stinky dogs that would get a cat a little upset. And you know, once we're all able to travel again, the pet sitting industry is going to come back stronger than ever. I'm sure of it. But in the meanwhile, you know, people are adopting these pandemic pets and, uh, you know, they may need a little extra help with behavior. Sometimes just a Skype call will do it or a Zoom call will do it since, you know, meeting in person right now is not the best idea that can still reach out for cat behavior help. Absolutely. Absolutely. We do, Right now I am doing the virtual consultations. I'm sure Linda can verify. Every county around me is purple. Yes. Neck. We're, 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 <laughs> yes. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm not going into the purple areas. I'm, yeah, going to, exactly. I'm no longer a spring chicken. Nope, it's so, not worth the risk right now. No, and, and, and even if you don't get it, you don't know who you might spread it to. Yeah. Right, right. Yes, yes. So, my uh, my in-laws are uh, in one of the hot spots. They live in uh, Marysville, close to Columbus. And yeah, Franklin County was, the, I think, one of the first in Ohio to go purple. Yeah. And yeah, sorry about so purple. Is that your highest warning? Is that what yeah. purple is? Purple is, you better not leave your house unless you have a really good excuse. And we will stop you and ask. Essential <laughs> travel only. Yes, yes. They make the whole country purple just for a I few weeks. Just for a few weeks. So this could have been over and done. But again, we could do another half hour just on 
COVID and how it's ravaged our industry and Linda's family and countless other families out there. Um, But I really want people to go to Amazon, buy your book, go to finicky.us, book a session with Beth. And I would love to have you back on the show. We could talk for another half hour, but got to wrap it up. (laughs) Hopefully next time we'll be on video with you. (laughs) Got to get moving. Yes. Right. I would love to thank Beth for being on the show. Understanding cat behavior. Look for it on Amazon. Linda Hall, as always, I'm so happy to have you back as my co-host. And Mark Winter, our awesome executive producer, who makes it sound so good on Pet Life Radio. Thanks so much. And just remember, every day is Catterday. Take care, everyone. Let's Talk Pets. Every week, on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.